Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Lena Morgan. And today, we are going to get emo all up in here. Hey, Lena, you ready to get emo? No. No, you're not an emo kid, were you? You're not even no. remotely an emo kid. Also, I'm not entirely sure that either of these bands qualifies as emo. But this week, we have a uh, 2000s pop punk showdown. We have Move Along by the All-American Rejects versus Ocean Avenue by Yellow Card. Two absolute, these are two absolute four-star songs for me by two two-and-a-half-star bands. So I was really, really looking forward to this one. How many stars are we out of here? 30. Okay, that seems right. <laughs> and uh, this one is a, a special one because we have yet another special guest in the, uh, in the studio today. It's my baby brother, Victor. Say hi, Victor. Hi, baby brother every time, huh? <laughs> yes, every single time. You have, a, you have a kid of your own now, but you're still going to be my baby brother. But <laughs> how's mom? Uh, she's good. It's a good day. Uh, made her breakfast in bed this morning. She get the flowers I sent her for Mother's Day. Oh, sorry. You're talking about our mom. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yes. She got the flowers. <laughs> That's good. Thank you. Thank you for delivering the flowers to mom. <laughs> and uh, this one, we tailored kind of this one to you because uh, we are, uh, me and Lena are just a tiny bit too old to be emo kids, but you were all up in this in this warp tour shit shit as i recall uh, it's it's weird because i got there late right like so yeah. these songs came out what like 2004 2005 ish right and yeah 2000 like late late in 2005 is when i really started paying attention to the the scene as it were in the first half of the 2000s i got my music in two places right one of them was you right like just <laughs> bar- borrowing cds from you Correct. And the other one was from uh, our cousin Daniel, who was a year older than me and was a, like aggressively part of the popular crowd. Right. So he was just constantly looking for new music. Right. Whatever was new, whatever was hot. That was what he was on. It didn't matter what it was. I would just get stuff filtered through him to me. And that's how I really knew about these two songs, actually. OK, but here's a, but here's a really important question as as people who are weird uh, start to fill in gaps on their Todd in the Shadows conspiracy board. <laughs> what were what were the CDs that Todd gave to you? Oh God! What, were, what what was that music? Okay, so whenever I went on a road trip, I would just get like a dozen of them from him. So things I remember: uh, the Van Halen one, also 1984. Uh, the Pixies, XTC, uh, uh, Paul's Boutique. Um, Nice. The good stuff. Uh, Afghan wigs, uh, like semi-sonic. Uh, you, you fucking, well, right up until, for a second, I was like, what a fucking hipster. Then semi-sonic. Like. <laughs> semi-sonic is very hipster, I'll have you know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, not to mention also, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Foo Fighters, Green Day, just uh, a bunch of stuff all over the place. But the things that I like really associated with, I would never have gotten any other way. Those are the stuff I listed first. The, well, I mean, not yeah. Van Halen, but... <laughs> now people now yeah. people continue to know all of the know all the secrets. I was an alt rock kid, and um, so that's what mostly Victor got from me. I don't know. I was I, my big pop revelation didn't come for many years later, but like I was young enough to be at least a little bit of an emo kid. I mean i I had a lot of pop punk stuff. I had you know Enema of the State by Blink One Eight Two, just you know much as every any other kid my age. And oh, then, yeah. is that is that emo? No, no, it's, no. It's, it's, but it's 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 a 
step on the path. Let's it is. Say. It is like it, Enema of the State is like the birth of the pop punk era in the early two thousands, right? Like it's very clear if you go back and listen to it that a lot of the bands in like the next, like the first five years of the millennium, were picked up because they sounded like Blink One Eighty Two or close enough to it. And Blink One Eighty Two did actually become kind of emo as as that decade progressed. It's true, and event and eventually, wait, wait, you know what? Actually, let's just be really clear here. We we never were talking about the the turn of the millennium. It is the willennium. <laughs> oh, will two K? Yes, will to, uh, for, for now and for all times. I, I'm sorry, I'm a Y two J kid. I actually oh, think wow. this is this is the good grief. Um, I so this is the thing that sort of circled around for me about this music, pop punk is an interesting term to use to describe it as though that were new. Because here's the thing. When I was in high school, it was Green Day and all of the bands that were Green Day-esque and, and you know, had sort of stole a little bit, I guess, from no effects and anything that would have been off of like Fat Rat Records and, and all that sort of stuff of that time period. And that, to me, was, quote, real punk. And certainly for anybody that was that was was like 14 years old, that was the real shit. But anybody that was 10 years older than that, this also was not real punk. This also that was pop punk. That was punk selling out. That was punk losing its relevance. Um, so the problem for me was that by the time 2003 rolled around, uh, Avril Lavigne had already come through. Yeah, and by 2003, Sufjan Stevens had put out the Michigan record. Which was the only record I listened to for a decade. <laughs> uh, Not I, true, but it was it was a consistent thing. And I think once you start listening to Sufjan, you stop listening to All American Rejects. Is all I, I'm saying. I could never get into Sufjan Stevens. So I haven't like, tried. This was- I'm I'm aware. I once again we'll have Andrew Unterberger on one time <laughs> to make him suffer by talking about Sufjan. He, he hate. I know. I know how he hates that sad, adorable gay boy who sings about Jesus. In any case, I, I was still into pop punk and I, I remember getting into the emo stuff like I had friends who were like super into my chemical romance before they got big so they they got me into that and uh what's the uh, <laughs> what's the, the the hipster gesture here for before they got big like pushes up thick rimmed glasses like yeah I, oh, I actually <laughs> did in fact put on thick rimmed glasses I, I didn't even realize I'd done it I truly didn't I just had them lying around by 2005, like the big bands were, and or 2006, the big bands were MCR and Fall Out Boy and Panic at the Disco. And we're not talking about any of those three, the, the big three of the, the sellout emo crowd, I guess. Like this, these are two bands that never really quite hit those heights. They each had a moment. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, Yellow Card existed for this song and this song only. I've tried to listen to their other stuff and it just doesn't do anything for me. But All American Rejects were, you know, like a big hit band. They had at least four giant smash hits. And yet no one talks about them in the same level as, uh, you know, like Gerard Way or Pete Wentz or Brendan Urie. By the way, which of these songs did you uh, like go to bat for initially? Is it just Ocean Avenue? Did, did any consideration for Move Along here? Uh, I love Move Along. I love Move Along so much. No, Ocean Avenue all the way. There's, <laughs> oh, I this is great. I love that these are songs that I carried no water for and had maybe only heard like I could count on one hand the number of times that I've heard these songs mm-hmm. because I I had no idea that there was an obvious answer. 
Oh, there I isn't. Thought, I, th- I, th- I thought Move Along was way better. I had carried no water for Ocean, Ocean Avenue. I was completely bored by that song. Uh, oh, it wow. did nothing for me. I tend to think Ocean Avenue is kind of a perfect song and that it is a <laughs> perfect like eight out of ten. I, the, oh, the, the Nathanson's boys are uh, <laughs> outnumbering you here today, Lena. <laughs> I, I, I don't. It's like I love Move Along also, and I think that song is beautiful and kind of like not perfect in the way that Ocean Avenue is like 100% unimpeachable, but also still only an eight out of 10. <laughs> like, no, there is not an obvious answer to this. I was trolling through the comments and wow, there is a wild split. There's like one is great and the other's crap. No, one is crap and the other is great. No, they're both great. No, they're both crap. Like there is uh, no consensus on this one. I think that so for me when I when I was listening to move along does I mean like you can see the evolution from swing swing to that but it's still the same band whereas yellow card distinctly feels like it's in the 2000s 2000s like all american rejects especially swing swing could have existed in like the late 90s it could have gotten away with it for sure I don't like, agree but go on oh really to me it it, it that's got a, it's got a little bit of a 90s vibe to it um not so much move along but here's what i want you to know the difference between 2003 uh when yellow card technically put out uh, the album with uh, with that song and 2005 when all american rejects technically put out move along um 2003 is the year that r kelly put out the ignition remix i i remember and 2005 is the year r kelly put out trapped in the closet (laughs) and i feel that that tells you everything about those two years god what was it that long ago yes it really has been that long it has been now 16 years since trapped in the closet that's amazing because it feels like nothing has changed for r kelly since then it's exactly as good for him as it was in 2004 yeah, if you had asked me, it, like, cold, what year did R. Kelly put out Trapped in the Closet? I would have said 2011. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, time makes fools of us all. How the, how the hell do you have a kid? <laughs> time makes fools of us all, but no one more than R. Kelly. <laughs> uh, all right, so so we've, we've, we've laid claim to uh, – so you both picked a yellow card and I am the, I am the sole Amer- all-American reject. Yeah, of this of this of this crowd. <laughs> you really are because there's only one of you and we uh, there's two of us. So that's right. And I'm giving you both yellow cards. It's a it's a it's a it, is it actually a football reference? Is that what they were? Were they just going for us for a soccer thing? I'm going to tell you that I've done no research into that. Like, I, God, <laughs> God damn it. I, even you're, knowing guess, <laughs> you're supposed to do all the work so we could sit, sit on our laurels, even knowing that I was go- coming onto this podcast and knowing that I, you know, I, you know what? I should probably bone up on my like yellow card and all of it. It's like I listen to nothing outside of these two albums. Not a goddamn thing. <laughs> I, you could maybe have listened to that first All American Rejects album or the one that came after, the one with Gives You Hell on it. But I think you're pretty good. I don't, we don't need you to go above and beyond for this one. You certainly don't have to listen to more Yellow Card. And in fact, I did try and listen to more Yellow Card. And I guess that second album has like a couple songs I thought were okay. But like, I don't think Yellow Card was ever going to have it. They, I, think I was surprised to learn that this was their fourth album. Was I, it? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So they've been, they've been kicking it since the 90s. I, it doesn't feel that way. No, it really doesn't. That's, it feels fresh and tired in the sense that it feels like it's from that era of music. It feels entirely of its time. And when I said Swing Swing feels doesn't feel like the 90s to me, it's entirely because of that guy's voice. That oh, is yeah. A two, that is a 2000s voice. 
for a while, it seemed like that was the sound of the Bush era, that whiny emo voice. Did you think I would cry? You know, I, I mentioned I can't, this. I can't do it. <laughs> I mentioned this to you privately, but the guy from the All-American Rejects never sounded that way to me. He always sounded different. And maybe it's because he's too handsome. Like, I, <laughs> every time I see his face, I'm like, no, that doesn't look like the same as, you know, uh, Gerard Way or you know, <laughs> Patrick Stump or like he doesn't sound like well, and Patrick Stump is a very different voice like one of the best male vocalists to come out of that decade but uh, it just it, I look at Tyson Ritter and I'm just like it, he sounds different he sounds different and then I listened He's- to it again more recently and I was like he doesn't. He doesn't sound different. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly looks different like My Chemical Romance was Hot Topic and All American Rejects were very aeropostale that's a good way to put it, yeah. <laughs> because they like they were more skater than My Chemical Romance was ever going to be, right? Like more warped tour, so to speak. Yeah, if both of these bands have roots in the '90s. They were probably they probably came from like the this the skater punk thing, and I don't know. Emo existed in the '90s, but it it didn't break through till like the early 2000s. This isn't even like the the emo we we tend to think of when you say the word emo, right? Like it's not your Hawthorne Heights, it's not your Dashboard Confessional, it's not even like like early Jimmy Eat World. No, they're they're the like I I hesitated to even call them emo because they're too mainstream and they're too pretty. <laughs> I don't know. They're they're certainly connected at the very least. I don't know. You listen to the rest of Move Along and you're like, okay, I see it, right? And you mm-hmm. you watch the videos and like this guy is definitely. Like part of that, he really emotes with his face. I, I don't know if I if I were on the fence, the move along video would have definitely pushed me towards yellow card because I could not stand looking at his whiny whiny expressions. Like I really couldn't. <laughs> oh, and yet I didn't. I can't stand that yellow card video. I actually don't the, think either the of these. Groundhog Day esque one. The, the run roll well, run video. Yeah, he's 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 running around. He's he's yeah. jumping over a homeless person with a shopping cart, and I'm like, listen. You leave that homeless person alone, by, <laughs> by God. You've got and, – and then, like, there's a lady with a briefcase with, like, a symbol on it. And I was like, is this Resident Evil? Is this Pulp, is this pulp Fiction? What, what – I don't, I don't get it. Like, there's it certainly no has nothing to do to with the song. No, it doesn't. Move along. I – you could say whatever you want about it, but at least – I understood what they were going for. Oh, yeah. Speaking of nothing to do with the song. So do you all know what the songs are about? Did you look that up? I did. I, I, I know what both of them are about. And, you know, you don't really have to try very hard to know what Ocean Avenue is about. It's, it's, it's all pretty much out there. Uh, uh, yeah. I was kind of surprised to find out what Move Along is about. It's, it's weird because I find out what Move Along is about and I'm like, okay, yeah, suddenly it all makes sense. I find out what Ocean Avenue is about and I'm like, wait, no, that doesn't make any sense at all. So Wait, to be what, clear, what, what'd you read? Uh, that it's about their hometown of Jacksonville, Florida. Like it's like just an extended metaphor for like the nostalgia they felt for their hometown. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I inspiration comes from everywhere, but like this is not a a love song to a town. No, I don't it, buy it, that. If, if we could <laughs> leave this town, like. You can't make it about a town and then have the, the line. If we could leave this town and run forever, like. Tell you what, like. I didn't say why I picked these two songs specifically. And well, I, I did say that they're both, I think, really good songs by not very good bands. But also, I love the beat for both, as in like the riffs. Like if, if I like banged it out on the table with my hand, 
you could recognize both of these songs. Oh, it's so good. Okay, which one has the better opening six seconds? That's a rough one. That is, I don't know, those move-along drums are really powerful, but I would absolutely have to go with Ocean Avenue. Like, I, you know, on pretty much every question, I think I'm going to go with Ocean Avenue because I love that song so much. It like just hits me in my little emo kid heart, even though I was a tiny bit too old to be an emo kid. But like, yeah, that that opening riff just absolutely kills. Dun 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 dun. dun. And they, I think the reason Yellow Card were never that good again because they never had a riff that good again. That song is also one of their like violin light songs. So the guitar actually gets to to have a really good opening riff <laughs> like that. I cannot believe they have a violin. <laughs> I don't know. It feels like they should have done more with the violin if they were going to have a violin. But I don't. I mean, they did a lot with it, but it, like every time they, they make it really prominent, it just comes out sounding weird and like Celtic. Yeah, they should have been like they should have been <laughs> gone all out and been like the Dropkick Murphys or something. <laughs> oh, gosh. So this this reminds me that eventually we're getting to our Bewitch versus the Coors episode. But uh, that's, <laughs> Someday. That's, that, that's that's in the offing. Oh, that'll happen. By yes. gum. Um, here's the thing the the in this song, having a, a guy play the violin or the fiddle or what have you. I don't know. That's about as sensible as the Mighty Body Boston's having a guy whose job was dance. Was to skank? Yes. You remember that guy? <laughs> Actually, you know what? I would venture to say I have more respect for that guy. It's okay. It like the yellow card violin guy, it like always felt to me as like, okay, Scott was invented so that like punks who were band kids in high school like could still play their instruments. This was the, this is the same deal. This guy could play the violin and it's just like, why don't we just put him in the band? Like <laughs> I don't know. There's a yeah, there's a very uh high school garage band element to it. It was like our nerdy friend can play the clarinet and we don't we're not a real band, so why not? Sure you can join the band. <laughs> Oh, it's that, just a bunch of us hanging out and drinking, you know, high seas. Mark, you the, love Guar. <laughs> <laughs> that is so. Why not? Like we, our, our friend plays the violin and he's part of the band. Why not? But they, you know, they made it work. You know, the it's like the one thing about Yellow Card that makes him stand out. God, I am really shitting on Yellow Card. This, <laughs> this. I mean, it's big, I big lifetime, lifetime listeners to the show Yellow Card, <laughs> and here you are. Uh, doing them dirty like this like hey i you know lead singer ryan yellow card if you're listening mr yellow card i don't <laughs> I, I i know his last name actually it's key i can't remember his first name uh, I, <laughs> I i've been tempted to call him ryan card the entire time so like, oh, i was gonna be like hey 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 it's gunther card <laughs> <laughs> i think i actually just like the opening to move along better just those drums just like hit so hard and then the feedback from the guitar leading into the guitar riff is just uh, it gets me hype every time and, and like it was on the first rock band and it is just a perfect like argument for why rock band exists and guitar hero doesn't anymore like oh god i you know two my my real preparation for this episode was that I pulled out my old rock band drums and I played both these songs. <laughs> They're both quite difficult, but I'm just glad that Victor could be right about something. That was your <laughs> that was a that was a first correct statement I think that you said. <laughs> Completely right. That move along is the better of these. That's how these work, right? Facts and opinions are the same. Yes, uh, sure. Okay, just checking. It's a podcast. Um, I mean, that's how it works, right? In, <laughs> indeed, indeed, indeed. One other thing these two things have in common. Ex- even though they go different ways with it, they are both very unhappy with the present. And uh, Ocean Avenue looks backwards and Move Along looks forwards. And I find both these songs resonate right for me right now really hard because the present sucks 
And I have often found myself looking back at happier times in the past. And I have also like been forcing myself to trudge forward into the into the future because to get myself out of this horrible, horrible uh, year and a half. I think both these songs are even better now than they were in 2005 or whenever. I'm surprised neither of these things <laughs> did it for you because you're constantly talking about the shitty present. Oh, uh, no, that's why I like Move Along. Mm-hmm. Um, because it feels l- like it's a song about getting past a thing. I actually find that song to be pretty uplifting in the end. It's supposed to be. It's an anti-suicide song. You know, I'm, I'm sure it is. I never thought of it that way. And like we, we, we mentioned earlier, we looked up what uh, Move Along is about. Apparently, it was inspired be- because they had to write another song for this difficult second album. And they were like, ugh, gotta get through it. I always hate finding out things like this, that this is just about them re- recording the album or them dealing with industry stuff. It always your, kinda, your least favorite topic. It's true. It always Indus, just industry songs. It removes the mystique out of it for me. I feel like it, it, it's it's not going to ruin the song for me, but I do wish I didn't know that. I feel like having inspiration from like like what the what they were going through is one thing. And I think they did transform it enough to to. Yeah, no, you wouldn't know it. You yeah. wouldn't know it to listen to that. It's like uh, it's like when you listen to what is it? Love song by Sarah, Sarah Bareilles. Uh, that transforms the topic enough that you can still enjoy this song. You know, that's love song is about her struggles with the industry. Yes. I had uh, girlfriends who wanted me to write songs for them. They're like, <laughs> write, write them a love song. It's like, <laughs> I'm not a songwriter. I'm a, I'm a future podcaster. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Don't expect too much from me, Chrissy. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just glad that you could bring up Sarah Bareilles so that I could uh, shamelessly promote the the show that that Raven worked on briefly. Briefly, that stars Sarah Bareilles. It's called Girls Five Eva. It's on Peacock. Check it out. I, I do, I do want to check that out. Oh, maybe we'll do an episode about it. Who knows? Maybe we'll, maybe we'll talk about it. Hint, Girls hint. Five Eva, starring Sarah Bareilles and Renee someone from Hamilton and some other some other people also there. Hint, hint, twenty dollar donors. If you wanted to, if you wanted to, we could we could talk about Girls Five Eva. It has it, it's the most heartfelt iteration of Tina Fey type television. That's my that's my pitch for it. If you go in expecting it to be as uh, you know sharp and mean spirited as say Thirty Rock and Kimmy Schmidt can be, you're not going to get it. But it's very genuine and heartfelt and nice. And Sarah Bareilles is very sweet. Victor, did you ever you ever see it? Any of these bands? Because I know you went to the Warp Tour at least once. Uh, no, I don't think I ever caught uh, either of these bands live. Uh, not that I would have ever like sought it out. It's, it's, it's like you hear a few songs from these bands, and it's like you know, it's like you know, there's more to to explore, and that you probably won't find anything nearly on the level of like their biggest songs. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I listened to the first three All American Rejects songs because I do like all four of their big hits. Even gives you hell. I know, like a, it's, it's people a don't like gives you hell. Well, I mean, it was a big hit. I've heard people complain about gives you hell because it's you know annoying on purpose. Yeah, but I, I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like one of those things where you can already tell like this is a singles band. This is a singles band. You don't need to listen to the albums. That is a that is a good way to put it. Yes, 
And I did listen to the albums, and uh, they're a singles band. <laughs> I think there's a sharp drop-off from their good singles to the rest of the album, so let's say. Yeah, and I, I did see uh, Tyson Ritter do, try to go into acting. Really? I, I, oh, yeah, I saw him on an episode of House once. He was starring, he's like, he had like a brief cameo as like himself at a at a shoot. That like, seems oh, like I'm a waste because he already looks like a, like an a, actor. A, well, specifically somebody who would have appeared on House. So, <laughs> oh my god, we could have been like the they. What's that show? The Good Doctor, with like yeah. the, the Doogie Hauser type kid, but it's but it's modern times. He could have been yeah. like that. He could have been the Good Doctor. I so many possibilities for this man. It is it is weird to say, but I think he is a little too good looking to be a TV doctor, like. Or at least he's, uh, you know, good looking in the wrong way. I don't buy him as a doctor. I also, no, I want you, I want you to go back. Imagine that music video where it's just his face in different outfits and stuff. Oh right, and he's got the and, 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 and take and, and, and take yeah, take the music. Oh, out that's right. Here. He is a doctor, and it's like is that the Doogie Howser one? I don't know. I'm too young for that. I don't know. What? Oh, 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 why does my foot hurt? I thought it went like. Is that it? No, no that's, that's Quantum Leap. Fuck. That's okay. Quantum <laughs> Leap. <laughs> do, 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 do. I, I, it doesn't matter. Anyway, I also saw <laughs> Tyson Ritter is also Emma Stone's love interest in The House Bunny. Oh. 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 I've seen. I've, I've watched the entirety of The House Bunny. Okay, well, Emma Stone is in love with a frat boy played by Tyson Ritter. Amazing. And, okay. This makes a lot of sense to me because I also – so um, this song also appears at the end of She's the Man, doesn't it? Which one? M- move Along. Boy, they I, were they I were believe such that Move Along was – yes, Move <laughs> Along plays at the end of She's the Man. And that makes sense to me because it, uh, that kind of hits the same note. Um as Stroke Nines kicks a mass at the end of Jane Silent Bob's track. <laughs> I don't know. We got a lot of this com- house bunny thing is really the through point. Yeah. Like they're now he- I understand everything. Fuck this bit. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is they they always did seem a little just a little too Hollywood, I guess. And Yellow Card, even though I wasn't a fan of that band, they they seemed a little more authentic. It's. Were, I want to go back to what you said about them sounding more garage. I think that's yeah. kind of what defines why these two bands don't feel like they fit with what came after them. Because it's like if if I'm going to use words to describe like Fall Out Boy and My Chemical Romance and Panic at the Disco, garage is not it. Oh no, they were highly theatrical. All three of them. They were heavily made up, and they made excellent music videos. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it was just an image thing. Like we're. We're never going to be big stars, even though Tyson Ritter certainly tried. You know what he? You know who he reminds me of now that uh, now that we keep talking about. It, I was like, my brain was trying to get there. It makes me think of the the guy from Lifehouse. Yeah, that's sort yeah. of where my brain goes. Where like he's very good looking. Surely this must be enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, hanging by a moment, boy. That, that that the the least the 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 best of their songs, I guess I don't I wouldn't even know, but that's what it makes me think of. It makes me think of like very very pretty front man, and I'm not sure that 
the rest of it quite reaches what it is they thought having a pretty front man would would achieve. Yeah. I like move along better than than uh, than anything from Lifehouse, put it that way. But still, that's you know I, I guess maybe I'm a little a little too suspicious. You're a little too pretty. Like Five Seconds of Summer has always had this problem, and I think All Time Low. Also, they're just like they never got got a big uh, male crowd going for them. They're all nothing but teenage girls at their concerts. I think that may have happened to All American Radio too. That's why I didn't get quite the fan base they did. So that tracks. Yeah. In fact, I, I looked up a uh, Ocean Avenue um, live performance from back in the day, and they were good, but there were a lot of girls in that crowd. I was like, a lot, like, mostly. That's the, I don't know what that, but what does that mean? I don't know. It just means that the guys maybe didn't get, get along with them as much as they could have, I think. Oh, it's like the movie Love Potion number nine. I have no idea what you're What talking. does that even mean? <laughs> well, that was well, – the, the, oh, my God. Okay, I can't believe I have to explain the, the plot of Love Potion Number 9. But in the movie Love Potion Number 9, they get the Love Potion and they discover that whenever it's enacted, whenever they're using it, anyone of the opposite sex will be immediately uncontrollably attracted. But anybody who is the same sex will be repulsed by you and hate you. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean that's the, that's the plot of the movie, folks. I'm just, I'm just reporting the facts here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know what that really means anything ultimately that there are, there were a lot of women in the crowd. I mean, I guess maybe being really attractive might have spurned people away, I guess, but I don't know. I mean, like women like music. I, I know they, and women certainly liked the, the big three also. Maybe it's just that if your fan base is mostly women going to something like warp Tour is not necessarily like the same for you. Because I don't I feel like women don't go to like those big crowd events as much because it's just generally not as safe for them. I don't know if I I guess I just don't know if this is true. This is like saying like women wouldn't go to a horror convention, whereas horror movie conventions are like predominantly women because women like horror movies. There are more women that love horror than men do, statistically speaking. I don't know. I maybe, I, maybe we're getting saying, off track. Not, I just don't I just don't I just don't think there's anything to it. I'm not saying it reflects badly on them. I'm saying it reflects badly on me and the rest of the crowd of, of guys who did, weren't into this. I have heard, you know, just things like, it's like, oh, man, this is for chicks. And like, well, it's still good. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm still going to listen to Matchbox 20 and the Goo Goo Dolls. Like, still make good music. Like, Matchbox 20 is for guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I, I still love both these songs. And, like, Ocean Avenue just breaks my heart every single time. Just the the part where they, especially the bridge, and um, I don't know. I was having a conversation of with like a, a friend of mine about like what are the best bridges of the new millennium or the new millennium, I guess. And That's right. Like, my Ocean Avenue was my immediate pick. Like it is the best bridge of the of the new millennium, and I I came up. My second place was all these things that I've done from the Killers. So. Like, that's how much I love Ocean Avenue. It's like, you tell me the bridge from Ocean Avenue. I'm like, oh, yes, that's perfectly constructed. It hits you exactly right every time. It's the right length. It's right everything. And then you say all these things that I've done. And I'm like, that is a mess, but it is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. No, that's that's the second best bridge of all time, or at least of the last 20 years. And then uh, it goes Ocean Avenue, and then... 
all these things that I've done, and then the B A N A N A S bit from Hollaback Girl. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I really feel like you are, as the kids say, telling on yourself. Oh, yeah. I am uh, maximum cringe. <laughs> as these kids say. As, as Yes, as the kids say. As uh, a, the kids as, are 60. Anyway. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Do you, do, you have, do you have more things you want to say about the history of these bands slash this era in music before we do the, the I three mi- questions? I miss this era. I, I miss guitar rock as a whole. And well, hold I, tight. I think you're going to get it in the next two or three years. It feels like we're swinging back. Well, yeah, like um, one of uh, like Juice World before he died was being sued for by by Yellow Card for ripping off one of their songs. And you know, for the record, I think all of these plagiarism lawsuits these days are total horseshit. But I don't know. Like, it, yeah, well, that's just because music has kind of become le- like the actual composition of the song is not that complex. It's more about like the instrumentation and all that stuff. Yeah, but that's, like, what, but that's what makes songs different now. And that's why it's so easy to say like, oh, this is a ripoff of that. Like, but Juice World could very conceivably have known that Yellow Card song. It's not even like one of their big songs, but like, yes, Yellow Card could absolutely have have you know been an influence on juice world because juice world much like many kids his age was like oh many of the rappers of his generation were very into the the pop punk of the 2000s so yes it could very well be coming back and it seems to be coming back and uh, i'm really curious about like if the warp tour is going to come back i don't well i don't well here's what i'll say i can tell you that uh tony hawk pro skater one and two got a remaster re-release <laughs> Yeah, on 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 new modern day consoles. So if that's anything to go by, maybe. It's just, I feel like the the one is connected to the other, right? Are yeah. kids skating? Actually, you know, I've seen kids skateboarding, and so that means punk is back. That's that's <laughs> to me. That's the indicator. Are there? If I look outside and can see a kid trying to ollie, punk music is back. That's it. <laughs> it like it, I just think back to like this was what a lot of rock just sounded like at the time this was the the era of of pop punk i guess and it's also the era that ashley simpson was allowed to have a career yeah that's true i mean (laughs) she did she had (laughs) she had uh she had songs that did kind of creep into punk territory into avril territory at the very least i know yeah it's just I, i remember like you would get like the latest madden and it would be full of like blink 182 songs like i remember hearing breathing by yellow card on a madden soundtrack first like that's where i first heard it it's it, that's just like wild to me that this is just like this is what you know people who play madden are listening to this is rock today it still doesn't feel uh, jo- feel jock right. jams <laughs> it's, 2000s jock jams it's like breathing by yellow card that's a jock jam. <laughs> i wonder in the, two, if, in the 2000s because all the jocks had hair just over one eye you didn't know <laughs> I don't it. know. You 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 told me that Daniel was part of the popular crowd, and that's who you got uh, all American rejects from. That's what you t- just told me right now, and that yeah. feels that feels absolutely correct. It, yeah, it was weird. Like like the, that guy would be on the cutting edge of rap and pop punk at the same time, and <laughs> I feel like we discount maybe that this is where the mono genre starts, like where the, like genre lines start stop being so demographically distinct 
to me that to me that's a later development. That's that's more of a 2010s kind of thing. I mean, look, the uh, we've talked about this in the in the podcast before. You know, my opinion is that it does technically start around here. It starts when Napster gets big, and then followed by uh, once you hit the point where there's BitTorrent, and by that measure, cable modems. You know, something other yeah. than a dial-up. The very instant you have that kind of access to music, legal or not, and with that level of speed, you're going to start moving towards a monoculture of music because people are no longer going to feel like they can only spend so much money on music that they <laughs> yeah. can only focus on one genre. So I do think it starts here, but it's 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 a trickle. I don't like like you said, Todd. I don't think it really hits until the 2010s. Not till Imagine Dragons becomes big. That's that's when you know it's. Oh yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, as soon as you're able to imagine dragons, I mean, you can imagine <laughs> anything. Couldn't imagine good music. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard that, like Imagine Dragons has a new song on the radio now, and it is a mess. It is a disaster. No, I pay thank, for Spotify thank goodness Premium, for so Billie I Eilish. don't have to. <laughs> Billy Eilish is single-handedly saving modern music. <laughs> hey, come on, come on! We've got we got Megan, and we've got. Uh, I know, no. There's a lot. Of, there's actually a lot of great music out there right now. We ready to do the questions? I think it's time to do. It's yes. It's. I mean, we've been questionable for a while, so we might. As yeah. Well. <laughs> yes. Um. Here we go. Uh. We do these questions three and a half slash four. You know, that makes it so that we can actually focus after we've just talked bullshit for 40 some odd minutes. <laughs> um, here's the first question. If you were going to keep one of these songs and the other one was going to go away forever, right? Just lost to time. You know, one of them's got to go. It's a Sophie's Choice sitch. Which is the one that has to exist for the culture and which one, if it went away, you will live? Uh, I guess Move Along has the bigger footprint, but also there are several All-American Reject songs of equivalent quality. Ocean Avenue is uh, pretty singular, and also I just like it more. <laughs> like, I, 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 I'm not sure, like, it's more important or less important than Move Along, so I'm just going to pick the one I like more. I want Ocean Avenue to stay. I've had weeks to prepare for this question, knowing it was coming, and I still am, like, making my decision right now because they- – <laughs> It's it's prepared as always. <laughs> it's it's hard to pick between these two songs. I think I lean toward move along here because I don't feel like Ocean Avenue is as I don't know significant in a lot of ways. I but that's that's completely my perspective. I could totally see Ocean Avenue being the world to somebody and move along meaning nothing to them. Yeah, but I can also see the reverse, especially because. Uh, people said exactly that in the comments. So I can't wait for that. Yeah, I'd say the comments are all over the place. All right, second. Wait, do you have an answer? Like you, these can, songs don't they, mean anything to you. They, so. they can, but they can both go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Question number two. <laughs> you can, you can, you can see the 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 entire uh, creation of one one and only one of these two songs. Uh, which one is the one that you want to see the entire evolution of? I'll start. Neither of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know about this one, Victor. You have an answer to this? Uh, I, I feel like I just want to see that that drumline being created for Move Along. Like that's just yeah. That that is a stroke of genius. A just complete masterpiece. I'd put those drums up there with like My Hero by the Foo Fighters. Just like oh, is uh, that the see? That's so so interesting. When I think of um, Dave Grohl drumlines, it served the servants. I don't know that one. 
Is that uh, a newer one? No, that's 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 Foo Fighters. That's Nirvana. That's off of In Utero. Oh, okay. So the second yeah. the second track of In Utero, Serve the Servants, has got one of the most instantly recognizable drum tracks. That and like Yeah Yeah Yeah's maps. That's instantly recognizable beats. Yeah, like absolutely. I I put together a thing of just drum intros last year for 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 me. Yeah, for for Todd for Christmas. Uh, and you know, I put it out there in public. I don't know how many people saw it, but, um, mm-hmm. like move along was on there, but like my gold standard for drum intros includes things like Billy Jean and, and spider webs yeah. by no doubt. Just you hear it. Well, you that's just... a, that's spider webs is a drum roll. Yeah. And this is a, you know, this is just like an opening beat that you instantly recognize. Like that's their finest moment of the as a band that is their finest moment the first half second of dreams by fleetwood mac <laughs> that's it that wasn't yeah, even long was, enough to include on that you wouldn't be able yeah. to hear anything uh <laughs> rock and roll by led zeppelin oh yeah yeah those are you know i i i would put move along up there with rock and roll by led zeppelin also that's uh as far as drum intros goes just instantly perfect so yeah i, I i'm convinced by this move along move along and now let's, right, move let's, to, to, let's move along to uh, let's move along. Let's move along, shall yeah. we? Um, uh, question number three. Now we're getting to questions that matter to me. Megan the Stallion. <laughs> she's she's getting ready to to go out for a night of hot girl shit, as she does, as she's wont to do, better mm-hmm. than anybody, arguably. Uh, she's going to listen to one and only one of these two songs. Prepare for said night of hot girl shit. Which one of these songs, as decided by us, were all that matters for now and for all time? Is hot girl shit. So it, it, this depends on where she starts for me. If it's a normal day and she's just going out to just like cap off a good day, it's Ocean Avenue every time. But if she's trying to get over a bad day, then it's move <laughs> along. I feel like this one has got to be move along. That's the one that that'll get me pumped up for a good time. Ocean Avenue makes me cry in my little uh, in my little chair. <laughs> in your little, little chair. chair? Your chair is yeah. enormous. <laughs> I just want everybody to know you got a big ass chair. Yes, I have a big uh, gamer chair that I'm sitting in right now that makes me feel incredibly lame. Like it costs a lot of money and I feel so stupid sitting in this. Is it, is it comfortable just, at least? I, just, just, just as long as we both know how you're supposed to feel about that. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I, don't, I can't tell. Something about Ocean Avenue is kind of like it's knowing that it's a sad song. It's still kind of like. It has energy. Got a little bit of yeah. It's got a certain energy that makes me feel like Meg would be like hanging out in the street with like a like 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 a like a solo cup, you know. <laughs> I don't know that that's the thing that Megan the Stallion gets up to in this life, but maybe in the next, or maybe in a form former, she was a, a solo cup <laughs> holding beer drinking person. I don't know. Ocean Avenue is good driving music. I'll say that. Oh, like, totally. So if 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 she's getting out for a a. Uh, a long car trip, uh, Ocean Avenue will uh, will will do it for you. Well, I'll I, tell you this 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 question usually is great. We, I feel like we're single handedly driving into the ground. <laughs> All right, um, in this one episode. I, I, before we get to the comments, I just want to read one but comment. Wait, no, but hold, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just All this right. one comment. It just okay. says from Red Velveteer writes in Meg the Stallion's voice, real emo voice shit. <laughs> what, what was that what was that person's name red was Vel- it? red velveteer red velveteer thank you for single-handedly saving this episode of the podcast 
you did it. Um, <laughs> Your check right. is in the mail. There's no check. That's it. It's yeah. there's, there is no check. You win the no prize. Um, so question number four, before we get to the, the, the comments, the most important question, not just of this podcast, but of all uh, recorded human history, William Shatner, uh, guy who also sits in a large chair, also has some hair. Some of it is his, some of it's not. Is he a singer? Yes or no remains undecided. However, he thinks he is. And he's going to do a Shatner version of one and only one of these two songs. Which song must be shat upon? Ocean Avenue would be funnier, but Move Along, I think, in Shatner's voice, would actually be very inspiring. I think I would be quite moved to tell if Shatner told me that, you know, I would move along like he knows I do. And even when your hope is gone, you move along, move along. Your hands I, are shaking cold. <laughs> your hands are mine to hold. <laughs> See, that's how you sell me on it. Yeah. If you're if you can do it Shatner creepy, you've won. <laughs> Because he's always a because he's always a creep. You see, you say like meaningful, and I'm like, eh, you go like, yeah. move along. You're like, yes, yes. It's, I would love to hear him say, "I remember the look in your eyes when I told you that this was goodbye." But I, I think I have to give it to move along. Though. Yeah. yeah, I just like the the idea of like a like a psycho um, playing along with that. I just think that William Shatner is killed and will kill again. Uh, all right. Well, those are, those are the four questions. I feel like we learned something that we're all annoying. Commenters will be brighter and more interesting than us. Todd, what did the, what did the comments say? All right. Troy writes, it comes down to the music videos for me. And Move Along's video just has that perfect quintessential woe is me and my swept bangs feel that I miss from the 2000s. <laughs> he did Those- have a sweet so – he did have a sweet bang. Here's the thing that's missing from that music video, and thank you for your comment, is him getting older. Like I wanted him to be ba- <laughs> uh, 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 bald by the end of it, right? Like that would have been hilarious with like a little pot belly. That's what I wanted. Not in the budget. Yes. <laughs> no. And then like a grave st- – and then like a gravestone at the end. Right. But you can't move along from there. All right. Robin Garcia writes, move along is so much better in every category except the dog shit lyrics. It seems to be about responding to someone's intense emotional breakdown by telling them to try not being depressed. Wow. Thanks. I'm cured. Yeah. It works for, it works for me every time. See? Okay. Robin, you are wrong. It, it gets Lena going. That's it. Nothing. If I'm, in a, <laughs> if I'm in a bad mood and you come in and go, shut the fuck up. I'm like, yeah, get over it. Get, get, get over it. There you go. All right. Spectral Time writes, man, I hope this podcast goes historical again eventually. I'm getting tired of these random hipster bands from the 90s I've never heard about. <laughs> I can't tell if joking or... I don't know. I, I didn't read the rest of the thread, but there were a lot of arguments under this one. <laughs> oh well first of all it's not it's not it's not 90s music well first of all it's not well, 90s actually. music you know well all right we'll, we'll we'll go back i i, I recommended some 60s stuff uh just the other day to todd so maybe at some point we'll we'll do some 60s music i'll tell you yeah. my musical taste went straight from all classic rock to fallout boy so yes all right 
Alan Prentice writes something about there were a lot of comments about something called Bionicles. What the fuck is Bionicles? They're a Lego toy. Okay, well they are they are a Lego toy. All right, well he's talking about something on, on Bionicle.com. He says the villainous Baraka had kidnapped the all-American rejects, and you had to go to Bionicle.com to save the band, all while the song Move Along was blasting over bad CG renders of the Bionicles. Oh, man, that, like, awakened things in me. Not from that specifically, but just memories of really shitty Flash stuff on the internet for tie-ins to products. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, apparently Move Along was used in a Bionicles commercial, and I, I don't know what Bionicles are. Is it, like... I don't know. They're kind of... South Central American indigenous coded like robot warrior things. So was it, was it a toy? Was it a video game? Is like, it, it was a, it's a big part of like a big franchise into itself. It, it has had like TV shows, like cartoons. It's had video games. I'm pretty sure like I was never that into it, but it's big. It's huge. I don't, but here's the thing. I mean, that sounds all well and good, but uh, I want to remind everybody that there was a Flash game called Robot Unicorn Attack. <laughs> and that game also had a song blasting throughout <laughs> it, and it was always by erasure. And it was amazing. So, uh, sorry, you're not going to be able to beat that. <laughs> EJ Chu 24 writes, Both bands had songs that were used on Smallville, but only the All-American Rejects actually appeared in an episode performing at a charity masquerade ball put on by Lex Luthor after Brainiac ravaged the Earth. I don't know how this affects the matchup, but it needs to be considered. <laughs> oh, I think, I, think Bra- I think that Brainiac wasn't Brainiac played by James Marsters on Smallville. I think I think he was. I d- I don't know. I believe I believe Sp- I believe Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer was Brainiac. The voice of Harry Dresden. Uh. The voice of Harry. Wow, that's a that's a deep cut. Did Brainiac also kidnap the All American Rejects? Is what I need to know from this because it seems like the All American Rejects have a lot of problems with sci-fi villains for some reason for such a mainstream band. It seems right. Hold on. Now, now I just want to check and make sure that I haven't gotten, uh, gotten it wrong about who played Brainiac on Smallville. <laughs> it's been a little while. I don't want to shock. Yeah. It was James Marsters. Hot damn. I remember the thing. The only reason I remember that is because he was pretending not to be Brainiac. And there was an episode with that, you know, like how that show was like freak of the week. And it was, it was supposed to be like Buffy. And they literally had an episode where the, there was a type of cryptodite that turned people into vampires. And they had James Marsters say, Clark, there's no such thing as vampires. Amazing. Amazing. Written by Steve DeKnight, who wrote for Buffy and Angel, I believe. Anyway. Um, okay. Move along. <laughs> move along. Sorry. It's just, listen, my brain doesn't work great anymore. Yeah. Continue. Move right. along. Move along. Yeah. Mow the lawn. All right. Uh, one last one from Heather VP says, screw it. I picked move along because that was my jam when I was 14. And you can't care about anything as much as you can when you're 14. So that's that. I agree. Thank you for your excellent comment, Heather VP. When I was I mean, <laughs> Heather, that was your jock jam. Yes, <laughs> I I disagree. I became a Carly Rae Jepsen stand at twenty six. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you, do you care about Carly Rae Jepsen more at twenty six than you did about whatever you cared about at fourteen? Because I I, I did, tell you, I probably did not. I didn't care about my. I didn't get to my caring about things that much uh, step until sixteen. I don't think so. Okay, that's fair. I yeah. you know. Girls mature quicker. 
So, <laughs> yeah, 16. I was like, yeah, you couldn't have got me to care about anything other than Panic and Motion City soundtrack and stuff. Were Motion City soundtrack better than either of these bands? Because I, I saw. Oh, them absolutely. Really Motion City soundtrack is an album band. And that, and as we all know, albums, album bands are better than singles bands. I don't know why that is, but it's absolutely true. So I think we're at the end. So who do you think won? Victor, uh, the person who cares. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I wonder if Lena's going to go first on this one. No, uh, uh, I think it must have been close. Like, I can't imagine either one of these being a clear winner, uh, like just out of the gates. I'm going to say like 55, 45 to move along. All right. Well, the, oh, crap. I forgot to write which of these numbers is the winner. Hold on. <laughs> I have... T- I have two numbers the, here and I the forgot bigger to write one's the, the winner. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I have <laughs> the bigger ones. The winner. Okay. For a total of three thirty two to two eighty eight, that is a fifty three to forty seven split. The winner is, in fact, Ocean Avenue. Ooh. Wow. An upset win. Apparently, <laughs> I would I would have picked Move Along, too, because it was much, the much bigger song. It was, I think it placed in the top 20. I don't think Ocean Avenue crossed over to the Hot 100. I think it was an entirely a. Uh, rock radio uh hit but uh ocean avenue uh won not by a lot but is the winner so congratulations yellow card i mean i can, you can, pick I up can your, accept it yeah you <laughs> you win a golden fiddle so <laughs> you win a golden fiddle it's great we'll create we'll create an entire award ceremony around this yes this this the the, the songies is that a thing that exists yet no and it won't we're making no. It's happening now. We're making an award ceremony, and if we do that, we'll get people to show up. If there's one thing I know, it's that if you create an award ceremony, people will show up to take an award. That's a fact. Is this the plot of a Thirty Rock episode? No, it's just reality. That's actually that's actually literally true. I went to a con once, and a big TV critic said, "If you ever wanted to get people to show up to your convention, have an award ceremony there, and they will all show up." Well, I believe it is also the plot of a 30 rock. <laughs> oh, sure. I, I wouldn't doubt it. Um, before we announce the next episode, uh, thank you, Victor, for being on my show. Say hi to mom for me. <laughs> Say hi to our mother for me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you can you can find me on Twitter at TF Waffleman. Uh, chances are, if you've heard of me, it's because Todd has retweeted something I've done before. Uh, and I also have a podcast uh, at, it's called Joe Star All Stars. It's about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, if you're into that. Uh, you fucking weeb. <laughs> I didn't Whoa. even say it was an anime. You already knew. I know because you tell me about it. <laughs> uh, it's almost like you follow me on Twitter or something. Okay. Yes. And um, don't forget to support our Patreon at Song vs. Song. You can uh, look for us there. You can, if you donate a dollar, you get our entire backlog of uh, bonus episodes. We pick a movie. That's right. One dollar means that you get, if you've never even spent a single penny on us before, one dollar will get you Every single episode that's a bonus episode. And as we've established last episode, that's not just any deal. That's a Kim deal. Oh, uh, callback. Anyway, yes, you can get that. If you donate $20, you can suggest uh, a, a movie for us to watch and podcast. And if you can't do that, just say nice things about us online. Leave us nice reviews. Tell your friends about us. We appreciate it regardless. So you ready for our next episode? Yeah. Yes. What's it going right. to be? What's it going to be? What's it going to be? <laughs> All right, we are going back to the same general first Bush administration uh, era. We are going to be doing Nelly's Hot in Here versus 50 Cent's in the club. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. A big one. <laughs>
And so, the winner is trapped in the closet. <laughs> no, that is not ever going to be the winner. The, the, the winner is Ignition Remix, right? <laughs> yeah. No, well, no, no. The great news is that R. Kelly will never win anything ever again. <laughs> He's probably not going to be on this show because that's a conversation no. I do not want to have. <laughs> no, we're good. We, yeah. can talk, we, can, we can talk about getting hot in here. And we can get talk about getting hot in the club. Yes, it's getting hot in the club, so take off all your clothes and or listen to the podcast in the next couple of weeks. Thanks, everybody. Yep. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye, Jojo. Mm-hmm.